Welcome to Teleos, a podcast by Grace Student Ministries. Our goal is to provide episodes and resources that help parents and leaders make disciples of the next generation. We're so glad that you're joining us today. Let's get going. Well, hey, everybody. We are back for episode two of season three. We're excited to get the ball rolling with you today. We have our normal cast of members here. We have Andrew. Oh, I was going to say something funny, but I don't remember what it was. That's so funny, Andrew. Good <laughs> job. We've got Kara. Hi. I'm John. And our special guest, Brenda Garrison. Hi, guys. Yeah. Good to be here. Welcome. Good to have you. Thank <laughs> you so much for joining us Thanks today. Thanks for having me. So, Brenda, I've known you for a long time, but I don't know if our audience has. So tell us a little bit about your background, your upbringing, uh, and then obviously you are now here at Grace, working with the women as the women's director. And so tell us all about that a little bit. We might have follow-up questions, but give us a little okay. bit of a background. Okay. Jean and I have been married for almost 38 years. Uh, we've got three grown daughters, three sons-in-law, and three grandsons. All Grandsons are all here, so yay. Mm. Um, and I'm the director of Women's Ministries at Grace. I do everything that we do, we try is with the goal of building relationship with the women and God and with the women with each other. That's kind of our basic foundation of what we do. Mm-hmm. Um, and I go to a lot of meetings. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I love it. Yeah. And did you, you grew up here in Peoria? Yes. Or Peoria area? Peoria area. Actually, I grew up in Washington. Okay. And then we moved to Ooh. Germantown. <laughs> That's right. I mean, no, wait, then she moved. Then we oh, moved to Germantown. So I did grade school in Washington and uh, then high school at Metamora. Okay. Yeah. yeah. And then when Gene and I got married, we moved to Bushnell and then we started having kids. We moved back because he was still working here. Kind of long story. Yeah. yeah. Nice. She's a fellow Redbird. So yeah, we're excited about that. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> and it's been great to have you on staff, Brenda. It's been really well, exciting. You. I know mm-hmm. my wife is a beneficiary of oh, your ministry. Her. So I love her. I, yeah. and I love, I love being here. I love the staff. I love the people I work with and the women here. So it's been a real blessing. That's mm-hmm. really cool. Yeah. Makes all the meetings worth it. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> well, she didn't say that, but yeah. yeah. Almost. Yeah. Almost. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, Obviously, you, you work with women, you have a heart for women, you have a heart for moms, yeah. and you are also a speaker and an author, and mm-hmm. uh, you have had a special passion for parents who have kids who might be rebelling a little bit, and how do you walk through that with kids over the years? This is a personal mm-hmm. issue for you, isn't it? Oh, very much so. Or was, yeah. I should say, yeah. Yeah, I mean, to a degree, I think it's it maintains because the title of the book is Love No Matter What When Your Kids Make Decisions You Don't Agree With. Mm. And to be honest, kids are always going to be making decisions we don't agree with. <laughs> you know, And that doesn't yeah. mean they're bad ones. They're just sure. different, yes, maybe, than we would choose. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, and, and we just have to, you know, but that's that's further down the line. So, yeah, I mean, um, do you want me to start like where we what, Yeah, I in? would say yeah. what inspired you to write Love No Matter What? And what did it come out of? This this is years ago, right? But mm-hmm. but how did that all come into play? And where was your heart on it? What was your vision for that book? Well, and maybe even back up a little more. What is the book? What's it about? It for is. For people who might not know or haven't heard about it. Sure. Love no matter what, when your kids make decisions you don't agree with. And it is myself and Katie, my oldest daughter, who was the inspiration for the book, uh, our relationship. So... 
we are sharing our experiences. I also interview several other families, parents, kids uh, that are going through hard times. Um, and, you know, what their experience has been, what they did well, what they didn't do well, what the mm. kids were thinking. Someone once told me that Katie's part of the book is the best part of the whole book because mm. it mm. shows see, them. See her perspective or hear exactly. from. Exactly. Okay. Exactly. So, yeah, I mean, she was, um, I think, more towards the end of junior high than going into high school, started her rebellious path. Okay. And right from the get-go, I want to tell you guys, I was not a near-perfect mom. Mm. You know, I made lots of mistakes. And our personalities just seemed to clash. Um, she, yeah, we just did. She's very creative, very free spirit. Mm-hmm. I um I was too strict. Mm. And everything was a big deal to me. Okay. And so uh that was not a good recipe. Um and then things just can continually progress through high school and then when she got out of high school into college and um came to a when God got my attention that I needed to change. She was probably about 18 out of high school. And she, I did not know that she had been looking for apartments. Mm. Not a bad thing. Okay, let me finish the story. Because yeah. I know some people are like, well, that's not a bad thing. Well, the thing was, though, she wanted to pay for the apartment. She had a part-time job. Uh, she wanted to pay for the apartment with her college money. Oh, uh, yeah. Mm. And she just, it wasn't like, oh, I, I just want to pursue this job and I don't want to go to college. She, it was just very much, a, I need to get away from you guys. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And um, of course, she had a boyfriend that was not trustworthy. And so when she announced this to us, my husband, he's just cool as a cucumber. Because <laughs> this is basically his path, you know, and, and he turned out great, right? Yeah. So in that moment, God just said to me, this train is going to leave the station, whether mm. or not you're on board mm. and you need to get on board. Mm. And so I showed up on moving day. I had, you know, my little housewarming gift and we were there we helped her move and um that was the beginning of my of my of god teaching me mm. <laughs> how to be the mom she needed mm-hmm. and to let go and let him teach her from then on yeah wow what did that do to your heart and how long did you process all of that it was an ongoing process. Yeah, it's, just, it's, not, it's not like a light switch. Right? It's not a light switch. And it was very helpful that my husband had been through the same situation with the family members who had raised him. Um, she didn't move far away and she stayed in contact. And I learned then that relationship was more important than anything else. Mm-hmm. And so we we did what we knew we could do to be in relationship with her mm-hmm. and give her the space that she wanted and let her feel some of her consequences. I mean, she's spending her college money on rent every month. We're mm-hmm. not going to get that back. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. And we are not, you know, we did not have more to give. It was this and then you're done type of thing. So, yeah. um, and she knew that she knew, she knew that and she was willing to accept those consequences. Did you notice any changes like when, with you learning and growing and God moving in your heart, did you notice any changes with the dynamic in your relationship changing? Like as you were more leaning into love, no matter what, like mm-hmm. I got to be the mom that she actually needs me to be. Did you see that play out with like her reaction back to you? It took a while. Okay. I mean, a, a long while. 
and we were we were just happy with whatever relationship we had. We we just took away all the expectations, and um, because she had to learn to trust us, to okay. trust me that this was going to be the new relationship. So it did take a long while of us um, living that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that wasn't done in a vacuum. So you had two other daughters, right? What does that look like to try to parent your other kids as well? And they probably have questions of their own. Like, why is Katie getting to do these things or different? How did that all look? First, I'll tell you a funny story. Yeah, so I like the- funny stories. That's good. <laughs> So Katie announced one day that week that she was going to move on Saturday with or without our help. That so, week? Yeah. Oh, wow. Oh, yeah. This is, it was, oh, it was fast, Andrew. And so Kelsey's like, oh, so we have two other daughters, right? So Kelsey's like, oh, I get it, my own room. So Kelsey, <laughs> <laughs> for those of you who know Kelsey, she's a busy bee. Yeah. So she's taking the tape measure and running <laughs> from her room into Katie's room measuring. And then as soon as Katie was out of there, Kelsey starts painting the walls and it was just, so Kelsey was pretty excited about that. (laughs) But um, honestly, we were relieved Mm. uh, because the stress was gone and it was every, everybody was stressed. Yes. And I mean, it breaks my heart to say that I I love my kids all the same. And um, so it was just a hard time. And um. We learned to, you know, do relationship probably better than when the constant stress of being together mm-hmm. and uh, the constant stress of of uh, Katie, you know, totally disregarding any rules we might have had, curfew or whatever, mm-hmm. which kept getting fewer and fewer. Um, was that tough with like her being the oldest and then the other two like bringing up questions or was it? I think they were really just relieved, Kara. Okay. I think they were just like, and I think they learned, okay, we don't want to be like that. Or we don't have that relationship with mom because they, they mm. did their own stuff. They all had their own stuff. Katie is not, yeah, I mean, right, right, yeah. you know, I, I cut my teeth on Katie here, right? I mean, uh, so they all had their own stuff. Um, and I tell some of their stories in the book too. So they don't, <laughs> they're not, they're not whatever, but. I'm not it, getting away easy. They're yeah. not, you know. So, um, but yeah, and, and Carrie was pretty young still because there's seven years between them. So Carrie uh-huh. was still in grade school technically. Oh, wait, yeah. So how many kids? You had three, three, three daughters. daughters. Yes. Okay. And Katie's the oldest. Katie's the oldest, Kelsey. And then Carrie. Carrie. Yep. Got it. Yep. So, so from yeah. the time that Katie moved out mm-hmm. to the book, what was, what was that like? Okay. Let me think about that. Um, Well, I don't know how it happened, but I started speaking on the topic. And I remember talking, speaking at what used to be the Sunday school convention, and then it became the Equip. And so there mm-hmm. were men and women in those groups. Yeah. And I was speaking on this topic there and looking at the men's faces. The dad's faces were just, they were just heavy. They were crushed. Mm. And people would come up to me afterwards and talk to me like I was their best friend mm. because they didn't feel like they could talk to people in their circles. Yeah. And I was safe. Yeah. Mm. And one guy comes up to me and tries to defend 
he and his wife's decision to not allow the mother of their grandchild to come to Christmas. Mm. It's like, wow. Really? Your grandchild's first Christmas, and you're not going to allow his mother to come into the home. Wow. Because they didn't agree with some of the relationship dynamics. They didn't agree that they that. were not, his son was not was married to her. Okay. But it's like, takes two, right? Mm. You know? Mm-hmm. And yeah. so. <laughs> oh, man. So, and then as, you know, it started to kind of, people became aware at church that things weren't quite, you know, whatever. You know, people would say things to me. I'm like, like. Oh, you poor thing. I'm so sorry. Blah, blah, blah. I'm like, wait a minute. Don't mm. you dare. I am not embarrassed by my daughter. Yeah. Mm. And no kid is perfect. Mm-hmm. And just because you can see what she's doing doesn't mean that your child is not doing other things as well. And I'm not trying to, to be judgmental, but um, I didn't feel love and supported. Mm. I felt pitied. Okay. And I thought, mm. we are all in this together. Mm-hmm. So then, um, that's so pause there. Yeah. yeah, Wow. That's so significant. Yeah. Um, because what you're talking about is the ability to share about your problems. Mm -hmm. Right. And Mm -hmm. so if you share about your problems to anybody, I mean, like, I think the the people assume the worst is like someone will go, Oh, okay. And then just not think about it. But maybe the worst thing is that they'll go, um, the the posture themselves. And I, I don't have this problem. You do. Let me be your, I, I don't know how to put it exactly, but that pitiful kind of mm-hmm. kind of way. And that seems like it hurts more because it's then yeah. you're not being able to relate to them any oh, longer. Yeah. Well, it, there, it seems like there's, yeah, this like picture of like perfection that is constantly needed to be upheld in the church. And it's like, mm-hmm. lives are messy. We need to be messy with each other. And so is that kind of, what did that lead you to like be like, people need to speak out about this more or what was the wrestling with? Okay. I'm seeing that people are interacting with me in a more pitiful way and I'm not ashamed. What, what was kind of your thought process? Exactly. And I think also with that kind of that pity was a certain level of judgment. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. <clears throat> again, we're all sinners, mm-hmm. you know, none of our kids are perfect. Yeah. So we were at um, a new small group at a friend's house. And I still remember we were outside on their, their deck and it was, you know, old people our age. And, <laughs> uh, and it was a get to know you it getting the, the first time this group had gotten together. Sure. And so we were all kind of going around and introducing ourselves and telling about our families and every single person there had a story similar to ours. Mm. And I'm talking probably at least, at least 10 couples. Mm. Wow. And there was not one drop of judgment or pity. Oh, that's so cool. It was so refreshing. Mm -hmm. And I think that was really the turning point that I said, we've got to start doing something. We've got to start being there for each other and loving on each other's kids Mm -hmm. and um, loving on each other. Yeah. And And how can you do that if there's the divide of judgment? Exactly. Exactly. And so... um, the story of how it got into a book is the one that everybody is like, I wasn't even trying and it happened to be a book. I hate when people say that kind of stuff because I try hard. Um, yeah. But I was at a, a, a book convention with my publisher and my agent met me there. And um, he, anyway, we met with somebody and um, I, uh, I had all my proposal written up, not for this book though. I didn't have a proposal for this book. I wasn't even going to make this a book. And so he threw this idea to this editor who he was friends with. 
And she pushed her chair back <laughs> and said, oh, my, that's the book we have to t- we have to do Aww. because she was going through the same thing with her child. Mm. Very. She said, you know what I did before I got here? She said, I ordered him food. I will always make sure he's fed, even though he is not. You know, in touch. Well, he is in touch with her, but not you know, living the life. And he is in a very dark place right now. I always make sure he has food. Yeah. And that says love no matter what. Mm. You know, uh-huh. that says love no matter what. So yeah. that's what got that ball rolling. That. Yeah. It seems like there's a lot of parents, you said, who have struggled with this in one way, shape or form. Mm-hmm. Um, but there might be some level of shame. Mm-hmm. I don't know within the church or in the, the community, but the need to feel like you have it all put together. Mm-hmm. And that things are kind of all good, right? Or maybe so, you just have it more put together than the next person. Yeah, they're kind of looking to the left and the right. What do you think have you encountered? You, you mentioned something that was kind of critical that you spoke and then people came up to you and kind of just openly shared. So what is it about that vulnerability that will then give people the permission to say, yeah, me too? And why is that important in church life? You know, you're dealing with women's ministry now mm-hmm. and dealing with a lot of parents. Uh, how do you help that to happen and help foster that kind of environment? I think by being the first one to be vulnerable, mm. to say, and I, if someone is, if I've asked, you know, a woman to speak and maybe she's, uh, you know, not had a lot of experience with it, I said, it's okay to share your story. Be real, but you don't need to be raw. Mm. We don't need to see the blood. We just need to know there's a wound under the bandage. Mm. And I think it's being tasteful in what you're sharing uh, and being authentic, but we don't need to know all the details. And people's minds will go, they will go while they will go. Mm. And we just have to, that's not my business where people's minds go. Um, Because really the issue between Katie and I was more my issue. Um, There's a whole bunch worse things she could have did mm. you know and that doesn't have to be it doesn't have to be terrible terrible to have that conflict but it also it doesn't have to be bad at all because i've seen some people make a, a mountain out of out of the littlest things yeah and i think really this is the hill you want to die on mm. because <laughs> i can tell you it's going to get worse yeah. or it might not you know what i'm saying yeah so i feel like um i lost my train of thought, John. No, you said it because you, you were saying that just being the first to be vulnerable yeah, yes. yeah. then gives people the permission to do that. Yeah. And and judging based on the circle they're in, how vulnerable should they be? Because we should all have people where we can tell anything, right? Right, right. But certainly in a group of people, it's kind of giving this certain level mm-hmm. is is enough to let them have that freedom to share to. Absolutely. And what have you seen come out of that time when you've seen women feel like they can finally open up and be real uh refreshment breath of fresh air it's just when we can find common ground with anything that we're struggling with in life it's even it doesn't change it mm-hmm. but it does make us feel like yes i've been hurt and that is a huge need is to be heard mm. and to feel like you can what they say be known and and, yeah. and be seen and that I think is such a gift that we give each other Mm. and to know. And so many of my friends walked with us and just loved on Katie. Katie uh, is now married and her and Joe had a small wedding in our backyard and they invited, it was very small. Mm. All, even all of my family wasn't invited. It was a very small wedding, Mm -hmm. but 
one of my friends and her husband were on the guest list. Mm. And that is because they have been there and um, been interested in Katie's life, showed up for her. And I mean, that's just such a huge compliment. Wow. Yeah. yeah. I love it. That's really that. sweet. Yeah. Takes a village, right? It does. It does. <laughs> Well, and sometimes, especially what you were saying, Brenda, when it's there are more issues with your own heart mm -hmm. that we need other people to even gently speak into mm -hmm. our life as well. Because sometimes as a parent, you just feel like it's all my kid. I'm just I'm trying to parent well and I'm parenting all my kids the same. And it's that kid who's rebelling <laughs> and going away. It's their fault. And so sometimes it does need to be other people who say, actually, mm -hmm. there are some things. And so. Maybe that's a good transition point for you to share. What have been some ways that you have seen parents over the years or even in your own story that have actually caused more pain or more hurt for the situation than help? Well, I think, like I said, going back to the just making an issue over everything. Mm. Everything does not need to be an issue. You know, my kids went through the phase where they all wanted a strip of purple dye in their hair. <laughs> I think I went through that phase too. Did, yes. And so I got to the point where I would just go out to the mall, buy it for them and help them apply it, you know, because then it was not a big deal. By the time I got there, I was like, this is not a big deal. A little purple dye is not a big deal. Sure. Um, sure. And that just, you know, I don't know, just all the things that people, I'm just trying to think of some examples, John. Um, because you had mentioned the um, the guy who wouldn't allow the 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 his son's girlfriend or whatever right, right. to to Christmas and stuff like that. In which in what ways do you see? Maybe there's like a pendulum swing of uh, things going like to one extreme of that of right, not like right. just having like breaking off relationship. In what ways have you seen other? Oh, absolutely, extremes? absolutely. I just. I've, I feel like parents have, like one situation, this is going to seem, seem so silly when I tell you, but um, one situation that we knew of in, when the girls were in high school is the child had to do certain order of things before school. Mm. There was like, or she was disciplined for it. Okay. Uh, if she burped at the table and, I mean, Okay. She was disciplined for very it. Very strict. Very very strict. Very okay. legalistic. Uh. And that just pushes kids away. It pushes mm -hmm. us all away. I don't want anybody just standing over <laughs> me and saying. I want to be able to burp. <laughs> Come on. True. Yeah, what's wrong with this? So it's like, do you want to be in a relationship? What's your end game here, mom and dad? Mm. Um, That's a good point right there. What's the end yeah, game? Exactly. What's the big picture here? Because they are in your home now. But there will be a time when they don't have to be in your home mm. and they don't have to be in relationship with you. And our goal, Gina and I's goal, has always been to have a relationship so the kids want to be in relationship with us. Mm. And that takes some self-examination and it takes also knowing your child, but what speaks love to my child mm -hmm. and what speaks love to one child is not necessarily important. What will not speak love to the <laughs> other child. Yeah. So one size does not fit all in your parenting and, and it can be frustrating, mm. but it, it keeps us on our knees before God. And that is one thing that mm. I prayed more and more and more. I learned to pray more and more and more um, going through this mm. because, yeah. uh, you know, we're clueless. Yeah. yeah. Mm. Where have you seen possibly things go wrong in the other way? Cause I hear you saying like love no matter what, but where maybe talk about a little bit of like boundaries and stuff. Cause I've definitely heard parents trying to, 
give their child everything they want and appease every need and every desire and every thing so i'm kind of getting a picture of the the 35 year old guy in his mom's basement (laughs) yeah or yeah just like enabling the behavior just for the sake of relationship so can you speak a little into that absolutely i think the parents that want to be their kids friends um i think i mean kids want they want boundaries they want to know that someone is in control other than themselves or else you just feel like a speeding car down the highway with no brakes. Mm. You know, they just, they don't have that frontal lobe (laughs) development, (laughs) you know? And so we need to be able to provide those, uh, what do you want to call it? The road barriers. Yeah. Yeah. The the guardrails. Yes. The The guardrails. Thank you. In love, in love. Yeah. And knowing that they, so let's talk about the, the guardrails and then we'll talk about the love. So, they need those guardrails, but they don't need to have them every two feet, mm-hmm. you know? And so we had what we called the non-negotiables, and it was a short list. Um, just a funny one, but we meant it, was we live in a, uh, a ranch house. So you walk in the front door, you go to the left to the living space, you go to the right to the bedrooms. Mm-hmm. Down the bedrooms was no man's land. So ah. only family, okay. married family went down there. So no, no boyfriends man. ever no, went down. There no was no man. reason. We had... <laughs> Two other bathrooms in the house. They did not need to go down there for any reason. So that was just one of them. That was one of our non-negotiables. Sure. But we also had others. There was, you know, no foul language, um, no alcohol, um, and guests had to abide by these. And so no, no innuendos, curse joke or coarse joking. Sure. Mm-hmm. So you're welcome, whatever your friend, you're welcome. Mm. But we're not going to be a bad influence on everybody else in the house. We're not going to make the other kids uncomfortable. Yeah, that's good. So that was kind of, and then we had, um, of course, no, uh, no guys sleeping over. And even I remember one night the kids, and this was not a, I mean, not a sleepover sleepover, but the guys, the kids were in in high school and they had a bunch of friends over from church, guys and girls, and the girls were going to stay over and the guys were supposed to leave at midnight. Mm -hmm. Uh And so it's midnight and the guys have not moved. And I know. And surprise, surprise. <laughs> high school boys don't want to leave high school girls. Yeah, really. Yeah. Really. And so uh I think we called one of the daughters upstairs and said, um, it's midnight. Yeah. And dad and I want to go to sleep. And uh actually dad was the one that had a conversation. Yeah. And one of their friends goes goes to so my daughter goes back and tells her friend, her her friend says, Guys, you gotta go. Mr. Garrison's getting ready to come down here and throw you out. <laughs> Bam, they're gone. <laughs> <laughs> nice. So it was just something that I think parents say things, but they're not willing to enforce them. So, mm-hmm. so we're talking about the, 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 excuse me, the dichotomy between like, like, like in, extreme strictness was one thing you were talking about earlier, mm-hmm. but then also you're talking about hey, there's another danger of like giving them everything. Right on their time on their demand you know yeah, that kind of thing right, right. and um i think we would probably all just agree that that's that's not really loving either no because it's something it, else it does it, it it raises children that stay children mm. that are not prepared to be adults and don't have personal responsibility i mean i know this is a small thing but we always the kids always had chores at home and saturday morning they could watch a, a little bit of tv and then i got out the legal pad and started writing down the chores they hated that yeah. But you know what? They all keep really nice houses now and they're all <laughs> very successful in their lives. And um, they just taught, you know, you're part of this family. Mm. You're going to participate, personal responsibility. And 
get it in, get it done. It wasn't yeah. like they worked all day. A couple hours, they were done. Yeah. You know? It's the adulting skills. It's we the like adulting this. skills, John. Mm, yeah. Yes. Okay, tell me if this is a dumb analogy, but I've got this picture in my head. Now that we're talking about guardrails on a highway, uh-huh. and I was just thinking about, well, where do they put the guardrails on the highway? The places that are most likely to kill you if you fall off. Right? Yeah. That's good. Right? Yeah. So, but, but if you happen to put guardrails on every sidewalk... You know, twenty mile an hour road, neighborhood, everything, and then a four foot barrier, and then barbed wire fences, and a tunnel. You know, it's like it gets a little. That's um, exhausting for the person who has to set it up. Yes, <laughs> yes, that's. I think this is a good analogy. Yeah, actually, yeah. to go on with that analogy, oh, I don't know if we <laughs> well, if you've ever been driving and it reduces down to one lane, and they whoever put the cones or barriers out put them really narrow. Yes, yes. it yes. actually makes it more stressful. Yeah, yeah, because yeah. you're like, I don't know if my car will even squeeze through that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And so it's actually they're trying to make it safer, and it's actually almost a hindrance. Yeah, you know, exactly. And so I think that parents could do that too they just stress their kids out oh yeah absolutely absolutely and figuring out what your kid needs i mean i say they needed to clean the rooms and whatnot but i finally figured out finally so katie's an artist and near the end of her time living in our house she when i would say clean your room i would go back there and maybe an eight foot diameter circle in the middle of the room (laughs) had nothing on the floor (laughs) and that was her clean and that was it but then so then Later, a few years later, um, she got back in college and we went to visit her apartment and she was expecting us. She was so excited. And we walked in and there was no place to sit because she had all of her art displayed mm-hmm. on the chairs and the couch and everything. And we just like, walked through there like a maze because it was her art studio and her art gallery, if you will. Mm-hmm. And with the look on her face, I thought, this is her happy. Aww. And when mm. me trying to make her get it all organized mm. at home, I was sucking the joy out of her life. She needed a place to just kind of be her creative self. Now, I, I mean, we don't allow pizza under the bed or anything like that, <laughs> yeah. you know, but yeah. just if this is so everything doesn't have to look the way you want it to look. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Mm. That is tough. I, I, you know, as a parent, Brenda, and I've got littles, but they're not that little anymore. But I think it's hard for parents because when the kids are babies, it's pretty homogenous. <laughs> this is how you take care of a baby, right? right? And right. there is nuances from different baby to different baby, but it's pretty much similar. Right. Yeah. But then as they get older, their personalities come out and their skills and their hindrances. And I think as a parent, there is a desire. Why can't I just do a one size fits all? Why can't yeah, I right. just parent right. as best I can and my kids have to fall in line? But that really is not a loving thing, right? Because that's not how God deals with us. He deals with us on an individual basis. And even the Bible says, fathers, do not provoke your children to anger, right? Mm -hmm. And so I think we as parents sometimes need to do a better job checking our heart and realizing there are some, it's going to take more work, Mm -hmm. but we're going to have to shift a little bit more to parent the way God would want us to parent these kids. Absolutely. Okay, tangent, tangent. Uh, John, I'm just curious, like experientially, you know, knowing your three kids, when did you like first experientially, experientially like realize I have three different kids? Well, I mean, even just age wise, it's not like we had triplets and so they all progress at the same level. So I think as they get to, I don't know, two, three years old, you start to see their nuances and personalities Mm -hmm. come out. So when Joel gets to that, okay, here's his nuance 
And I guess maybe in the back of my mind, when Micah got to that same age, you would expect him to interact the same and realize, oh, no, he's not. And actually discipline doesn't work the same. Mm. Mm. So one of them spanking, he was fine with it and almost like this spanking doesn't work. Because he, he doesn't care. Yeah, really. The same level yeah. of spanking, mm-hmm. and I'm talking not harder at oh, all, the I same know. level, terrified another one. Yes. Yeah. And it actually was almost even more detrimental, just yeah. psychologically. It wasn't like we were hurting them. but right. Right. So we just had to figure out how are we going to even discipline them in different ways that are equal but different. And that's that's a tough thing as a parent. It is. You know? it's, it is. And uh, I would say even with how you show your child relationship or how you love them. Because I made the mistake of thinking when Katie came home from school, she needed to talk to me. She just needed to get alone. Mm. She just needed to breathe mm-hmm. and be away from people. When Kelsey came in the door, she sat down, she had her snack. I heard everything that happened that day. <laughs> I heard how she felt about it all. Aww. And it was, you know, and that's how she, yeah. she whatever. And I think Carrie needed some more alone time before she could talk too. But Katie was talking. It just had to be in her way and at mm-hmm. her time. And I think another thing that parents tend to do is want their kids to act like them in certain ways. Mm-hmm. Like, this is how I was a kid. And this is how I express myself. Um, I hear a lot of times moms will say, oh, my son only has a couple friends. I'm like, good. He has a couple <laughs> friends. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. guys, I mean, for the most part, don't need like five or 10 friends like girls do to feel like <laughs> they have a friend. And, and mm-hmm. so we just need to realize our kids are not us. They're not mm-hmm. our husbands. They are their own person. And... Um, and help them become that person that God meant them to be by showing them the love in one way, championing who they are, and showing them love in a way they can understand it, yeah. receive it. Yeah. Paul Tripp, uh, and I lo- I'll put this in the show notes, but his parenting book is excellent. But he It's basic- called Parenting, It's right? called Parenting, 14 Principles That Can Radically Change a Family, you mm-hmm. know? And he talks about how, uh, as a parent, God is giving you grace and your sanctification by giving you children. Mm -hmm. And so when your child needs to be parented, for a lot of us as parents, we think, oh, there's another issue. There's another situation. But really, it's God saying, no, I've put this child in your life in this way that's helping you to grow and develop as a parent in that situation. And so I think it is a sanctifying process, which a lot of times we don't want to be sanctified. We want to stay the same, you know, we want to be comfortable. But I think for parents that could help is they shift and think, I have ways to grow in this too. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. It's very humbling though. It is. It is because we don't know everything. We don't know anything really by the time you get to the point of, of your child leaving home, you realized, oh my word, you know, um, I had no, I have no control now that they've left. But guess what? I didn't have any control when they were here mm. because it's all God. We think we do, mm-hmm. but it's all God as far as keeping them safe, keeping them well, uh, keeping the right friends. You know, it's just, it's, it is, it is a constant walk of faith with God and humbling and saying, God, what is next and what am I doing that I need to change different and do differently? Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. So. We're not, we're not going to cover this, but there's all sorts of myriads of ways we could go. What about social media? What about um, different high schools? What about different particular situations with my kid? And even we've talked on this podcast before about 
suicidal thoughts, all that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. So we could go in a million different directions. We can't do that today. But Brenda, what message would you give to parents who are listening? Maybe parents out there who are saying, boy, I'm just at my wits end and I don't know what to do. Mm -hmm. What are some ideas that you might have for them as they try to think, I just, I just need to get my head above the water mm -hmm. first. Mm -hmm. And then I can do the nice things that Brenda was talking to me about, right? You know? Right. No, I, I hear you. I've been there. Something that came to mind when you were talking, John, um, is and something I wish I wish we would have known to do was I heard the other day somebody say something about if there are like I don't know what the number was, say five other Christians in your kid's life mm -hmm. other than you. Yep. They have a better chance of walking with the Lord when they become adults. Now, mm -hmm. that's not a guarantee. And yeah. I don't ever want to say that anything that I'm speaking about in my book or anywhere is a guarantee um, because there are no guarantees. Mm -hmm. um, but I feel like that would be something to have that person or people that your child can go to and say, oh, my parents drive me crazy. Or I don't even, <laughs> I don't even know what I'm feeling. A lot of times, even Katie wrote in the book, I don't even know what I'm feeling right now. Yeah. But I know I don't want to do what my mom says. Yeah. So I'm just going to go ahead and choose the bad thing yeah. because that's the only thing I know to do right now. And so, but to have that safe person, um, I think would be huge. And I know if you're talking about, oh, now they're in a the really desperate situation, but even pray for God to show you who that is and mm. just have these people over and, and just... Create the opportunities for that growth or for them to take your kid out for whatever. Yeah. Um, and then I would tell the people, the parents, take a breath, step away. Um, if you feel like your child is in danger, you deal with that. But otherwise, sure. take a step back, take a breath, pray about it. Ask God, what, what part have I played in this? Mm -hmm. I feel like too many times parents give the image to their children that they're right, right and the kids are wrong. Yeah. Mm. Or at least that they think they're right and they think their kids are wrong. Exactly. <laughs> right, right. Exactly. And so what do you need to confess to your child and ask for forgiveness for? Now, I'm not saying hey, your kid didn't do 10 things at the get-go yeah. to get you to the point you are. Yeah. But I have found a sincere, heartfelt apology mm. goes far. Yeah. And I think, I think um, just to pause there, that's like a redemptive kind of apology. You're not saying like beat up yourself you know, right, right. Uh, and and feel horrible. It, right. It's like no, it's that's the point of redemption. That's the point yes. of the gospel is to be able to move out of these things to seek and get forgiveness, mm. and and move and move on in healthy ways. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. Um, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, yeah, because I don't want to beat up on parents either, because I have been there and done that um, to myself. Um, so and so, okay, so we've got forgiveness. Then, as I said earlier, study your child and just, mm -hmm. you know, get your rules off to the side. Make some space for relationship, yeah. you know? Yeah. And how can you reach out to your child? What speaks love to your child? One one mom one time uh, wrote to me or whatever and said, my daughter's not responding to my texts. What do I do? I said, well, stop texting her. <laughs> because, or, you know, she's this, this is not... This is not the way she wants to have a relationship with yes, you. Yeah. Um, another parent talked to me that um, their daughter had broken off relationship and um, just they weren't able to get through. Yeah. Weren't able to get through to her at all. And I said, you know, I love cards. I love getting cards. I love sending cards. They're very, 
uh, unintimidating. It's just there. You know, you can open it. You cannot open it. You don't have to respond. It's just there. Yeah. And she came up with a creative way to send um, a very uh, loving but not threatening mess. I mean, not that it would be threatening, but what I'm saying is her daughter didn't feel like she had to respond to that. Yeah. Yes. It's just there. Yes. Yeah. And then reaching out. Just reaching out. Being like touch point. And don't say, oh, I hope to hear from you soon. Yeah, none of that. None of that. Just, hey, you know, dad and I went to Costco today and had a great time. <laughs> you know, just I love you. <laughs> love you. And then yeah, none of this hope to see you at Christmas or any of that. Mm. Just, just leave it. No strings attached. Yeah. Hmm. And I think that is a way to start building relationship when kids know that they're, you're just there to love on them. Mm. You know, uh, their favorite snack. Um, I used to have, um, I used to do the little shape post-it notes and put them on the girls' beds, bed frames, you know, oh, their headboards, sweet. whatever. Yeah. And then when we got home, there'd just be a little note and it had to respond to me, Yeah, but just a little something. What can you do that says, I love you to your kid mm. and start to build the relationship and trust, trust God in that as mm. well. And but, I'm assuming some of those things will not be intuitive. Probably not. Yeah. yeah, exactly. And if you are a sports person and your child is into music, then you better learn what? some music you stuff. You better <laughs> learn some music stuff. Exactly. They, yeah. th- your kid doesn't want to go to the ball game with you. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. You you speak their love language. I like yeah. that. That's beautiful. So for parents listening, I what I've heard a lot is relationship. Yes. Right? So Absolutely. relationship with God relationship with our kids and trying to really learn them and understand them and speak their love language mm-hmm. and even discipline and set boundaries based on the, the child, mm-hmm. not, not just based on some random things. Right. But then possibly also for parents is you're not doing this in a vacuum. And mm-hmm. what I've heard from you is community is so important for parents and vulnerable, community. vulnerable yeah. community where they feel like they can open up and they feel like other parents can speak into their lives as well. And so I would encourage parents to to get involved as well, mm-hmm. Absolutely, you know, because yeah. you can find all sorts of good resources and books and articles. And I hope that you check out Brenda's book, but it, nothing replaces the relationship, the connection. It really is. And another thing a couple of my friends did for me when we were walking through this with Katie was they helped me see what she was feeling mm. um, without making me feel bad about myself. Mm. And that was a gift. And to say that, you know what, it's going to be okay, which mm-hmm. I know I said, no, no guarantees, <laughs> but it's, I think sometimes when we get to that point with our kids and we were in that rocky spot, we feel like every next step could be a minefield. Mm-hmm. And um, I feel, one thing Katie said in the book was that the kids who did not want relationship with their parents at all were the kids whose parents were messing up worse than the kids were. Mm. Interesting. Right. So if you think about it, it's like, okay, you know, they want to be in relationship with us. We just need to make it a little easier mm. yeah. um, to do that. I mean, a scary thing would be just ask them, right? Right. <laughs> <laughs> you don't know what they're going to say, but exactly. like, what am I doing wrong? I mean, how scary of a question is that as yeah, a parent? Exactly. <laughs> and how, how hard to ask that just right. Yeah. right. I mean, you can ask that a hundred ways. Yeah. <laughs> All right. What am I doing wrong? Well, they, may, they may be wrong. They may say, well, you don't let us eat dessert after every meal. Right. Right. Okay. Yeah, I got it. But they might actually have some good insights. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
Absolutely. Especially when you start to think of them as teenagers and young adults that they actually pretty astute, you know, they might have some good insights. They really are. And they, they can spot hypocrisy and that they, Mm -hmm. what they They know when they're, smell it. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) They know when they're being loved. They know when they're being judged. And yeah, that's, we just have to know that and, and just, make sure we're loving them as best we can. And, and they know that when we put the boundaries up, like I said, just a few things, they know that's love. They might not like it and they will probably always push back, Mm -hmm. but they know it's love. Yeah. Yeah. That's beautiful. Well, Brenda, before we close, I'm going to let you give a little plug. So for moms who are listening, where should they go? How, how could they get plugged in here at grace? What, what's in the women's ministry, what's going on now or what's coming up on the horizon that if they just say, I need what, we're talking about. I need community. Mm-hmm. Where could they go for that? Well, for the little girl, the little kids, um, we've got Mom Collective, but that wouldn't be for your probably your listening audience. We do audience. have some that do listen you? who okay. are younger. Yeah, yeah. So, so if they're a young mom, they're a young mom that meets uh, every other Friday morning. They have a absolute a program, and then the other Friday morning they have a play date, and then they also have a Bible study on Tuesday mornings. Okay. Of course, we have you know Tuesday Bible studies, Wednesday Bible studies, which is great to build community with women in all different stages of life. Okay. We have a retreat coming up February seventeenth and eighteenth, an overnight retreat. Excited about that. I'm excited. Game girl is Miss Kara. (laughs) Fun girl. I said I wouldn't do it without Christina and she's in. So Yes, yes. And so I will hear about it the next morning. Brenda will bring the content with our guest speaker, but we'll bring the fun. And I'll be in bed when the fun is happening. And this is an overnight retreat for all all women, women. and all even women. the high school girls can come. Okay. It's going to be we're going to have some workshops that are going to be demographic zoomed in on. But our speaker, Dr. Mary Wilson Hannah, is going to have a workshop just for college girls, mm. just talking with them and answering their questions. Cool. Yeah. So I have not done this yet, but I would love to create some kind of a group where. The moms of these teens, and and I know you guys are doing a great job with that. Mm-hmm. They feel like maybe they have community, but maybe you guys are already doing that. But I would hope that all of our women's ministry events are open to women of all ages. Mm-hmm. Build that, yeah, cross generation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, awesome. I love to hear that. And we'll put your email in the show notes. So if people yeah. want to know where can they particularly get started based on their life things. They could email you and absolutely. get connected. Yeah, so. absolutely. I'd love to see. Yeah. I'd love to hear that. Yeah. 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 Well, thank you for your time. Oh, I appreciate pleasure. you. And I know that you're around. So if <laughs> something sparked in your minds as a parent and you're like, okay, I've got a specific question though. Yeah. Feel free to ask Brenda about that too. And I'm sure she would, she might not be able to get back to you right away, yeah. but <laughs> she will get back to you and uh, help you through that as well. Thank so, you. It's been you. a lot of fun. Thanks guys. Yeah. I yeah. love being here. Yeah. For sure. Carrie, you want to close us? Sure. Thanks. Heavenly Father, we just thank you so much for the opportunity to hear from Brenda and just hear and and learn from the the life that you have given her and just the experience that she's had with Katie and her other daughters and um, the influence that she has on just encouraging and coming alongside other parents. God, we just pray that um, anybody who's listening or anybody who feels um, just the struggle of of teens disagreeing and, and not um, and making decisions that they don't agree with, um, God, that you would speak to their hearts and give them encouragement, give them community, um, have them reach out to Brenda and just keep working in the life of your church to um, grow in holiness and grow in 
um, just the desire to love like Jesus does. And so um, we thank you so much for Brenda and all the work that she's doing um, with the women in, in this church. And we pray that you just bless all that work in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Thanks again, Brenda. Thank you, guys. Yep. Thank we'll see you, you guys right. all next time. That Goodbye. So Bye. Thank you. You guys are awesome. <laughs> well, thanks, everybody, for listening today. We hope this was helpful for you on your disciple-making journey with your family and with Jesus. Don't forget to check out those show notes below where you can find all the resources your heart desires or really just whatever was in this episode. And we'll see you next time. Bye-bye.